welcome to the only pop culture podcast on the internet. My name is Rick. And I'm Robbie. And we're here to talk about Spider-Man No Way Home. Alright, so we're going to kick it off with just a little bit of a backstory and a plot of what's going on. We start off where Far From Home left us with J. Jonah Jameson, brought back to life by J.K. Simmons, revealing Spider-Man's identity as Peter Parker. Best MCU casting, J.K. Simmons. J.K. Simmons, really, really good, top-notch quality. (laughs) Spider-Man and Mary Jane swing their way home in a panic. Upon arriving home, they find out that Happy and May are in a bit of a sad breakup at the moment. For one of them. For one of them. Very sad moment for Happy. <laughs> Actually bordering on pathetic for Happy. <laughs> yeah, you didn't think he could go much lower than he was, but he did. I actually, like, we'll get to this later on, later on in the podcast, but I don't know if we're ever going to see Happy again in the MCU. I was thinking that when I was watching it yeah. today. I was like, there's no real reason for him yeah. to be there anymore. We'll talk about it later. We'll talk about it later, but I don't think Happy's going to be coming back. So, everybody's found out that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. They're then arrested by damage control and taken in for questioning. Short interrogation, surprise visit from Charlie Cox's Matt Murdock. Best lawyer in town. AKA the Daredevil. Reveals that not really anything to hold Peter up, so he can go on his way. Happy, not so much. Happy (laughs) might be a little bit of problems because of us and missing Stark tech. That doesn't stop them from having troubles though. Yeah, Doctor Strange gets involved when Peter asks him to mess with time to make everyone forget that he was Spider-Man, and then that just opens a whirlwind of shit. A lot of problems. So, Strange starts to cast this spell, Peter realising that everybody in the world is going to forget who he is, uh, that including Aunt May, Ned, Happy, and obviously most importantly, MJ. Uh, starts to tinker with that at the last minute. Yeah, and then Doctor Strange seems to shut it down and Peter just carries on his way trying to convince the head of the board or whatever it is. Yeah, to, uh, some higher up at MIT. Yeah, at MIT to let them appeal to get applications or whatever. And then, uh, yeah, he's met at the bridge by no other Doctor Octopus. Alfred Molina's Doctor Octopus from the Sony Spider-Man, the old Tobey Maguire trilogy. Yeah. And then shit just really is the fan. <laughs> That's where everything goes off the rails. Uh, a short battle on the highway between Spider-Man and Dr. Octopus. Spider-Man eventually getting the upper hand thanks to some uh, nanotechnology in his armour. Yeah, and then they're met by Green Goblin for a very short period before Doctor Strange swoops in, well, just teleports them back to the Sanctum Sanctorium. Sanctum Santorum. So that's the one. Sanctum Santorum brings them back to the uh, the Wizard's Dungeon, as Ned calls it. That's the one. Uh, and reveals that when the spell messed up, that actually caused a rip in reality, which has sucked in a whole bunch of people who know Spider-Man is Peter Parker in other universes, aka Dr. Octopus and the Green Goblin. Strange has already found the lizard crawling around in the sewers and has now told Peter that... It's up to him to track down the rest of the people who have come through in this rip in reality. MJ and Ned end up at the Sanctum Santorum and help Peter find Electro and Sandman, who he then brings back to the Sanctum and traps them. And that's when Doctor Strange comes in with his magic box, telling Peter that he's just going to send them all back to their timelines. Well, that's where Doctor Strange comes back in, but after the villains find out that they're actually about to die in their own universes. That is correct. So, bit of a uh, existential crisis for the villains. They're realising that they don't have long for this Earth or long for their own universe. 
would be probably a better term for it. Um, and Peter's bleeding heart starts to sing a little bit there. Yeah. He does a stupid thing. A stupid thing. I don't know if I'm supposed to be expressing my opinion this early, but stupid. He tries to help them because he's such a good kid. <laughs> Classic Spider-Man. Classic Spider-Man doing the right thing. Doctor okay, Strange yeah. having the adult mind trying yeah. to do the practical thing. Just send them back to where they came from. Peter couldn't let that happen. And so he steals the magic box off of Strange and traps him in the mirror dimension. Good showing from Spidey, though. Good showing in terms of the power department. Maybe not so much in the, uh, like, you know, mature thinking, but oh, good showing in the other uh, powers department from Spidey. He's just really good at maths is what we learned. Real good at maths and real good showing from the, uh, the spider sense. That is correct. Yeah, Peter's, Peter's uh, what would you call it? Peter's... Tingle. Peter's tickle. <laughs> the Peter tingle, as it's referred to in the MCU. Peter's spirit is knocked out of his body, but his body is still able to keep the cube out of Doctor Strange's hands. So from there... Spider-Man takes uh, all the villains, takes the villains with him to Happy's house and starts to work on a bit of a cure to try and fix all the villains before sending them back to their universe. And he manages to fix one of them, being Dr. Octopus, stopping the robotic limbs from taking control of his mind, making him crazy. So he actually gains some sort of sanity before anything kicks off. But then just before he can help anyone else, like Electro is just about to finish juicing out. That probably sounds bad. <laughs> um, but yeah, he gets a gets a pretty strong spider sense and realizes that Norman Osborn is going back to the Goblin. Intense scene, very intense. Intense, scene. really good. Uh, really good usage of the the Peter Tingle there. Yeah, yeah. So Norman goes on his sabbatical, and um, probably the best line in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very overlooked. Everyone seems like the something of a scientist yeah. myself. Norman's on sabbatical, honey. <laughs> Fantastic. And Norman Osborn just chewing the scenery. Absolutely loving every minute of being in this movie. Fantastic. Yeah, he really went to town on the apartment complex <laughs> as well. And went to town on Spider-Man. Gives him the beatdown of a lifetime. Yeah. Absolutely brutalized. Throws him through a couple of stories. I was going to say, multi-story beating. Which uh, all culminates in Aunt May getting whacked by water. Yeah. Which... I'll be honest, in the film, didn't look as bad as I was expecting. I thought, she was, I thought she was going to get impaled. Because nah, of yeah. all, the, all the blades on the front. And, and she's she, folding she, half. She, yeah. No, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not doubting that. But, you know, I just saw all the blades. I was like, man, she is going to get impaled. It's going to be bad. And then she went flying. I was like, oh, maybe she's fine. Managed to get back to her feet. She did, yeah. And that's what got me. I was just like, oh, she's all good. Everything's all good. Manages to get back to her feet. Delivers the uh, the iconic Spider-Man line with great power. There must also come great responsibility before telling Peter that she just needs to catch her breath. Having a bit of lay down and passing away. Yeah, I'll admit I cried. Yeah. Oh, for the rest of the movie, I had a lump in my throat the entire time. All exciting, but could not get past the fact that Aunt May was dead. Yeah. Shocked. But then, while Ned and MJ are waiting to hear from Peter, some crazy shit happens, and Ned... Apparently he use magic now. Ned uses a sling ring <laughs> and opens a fucking portal for none other than Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man to come through. Cue massive applauses from cinemas everywhere. I cried again. <laughs> yeah. Big moment. Not gonna lie. Had some goosebumps. Hair was sticking up. It was, yeah, very emotional time. Everyone's spider sense was tingling. Everyone... <laughs> Ned tries one more time to uh, track down their universe as Peter Parker. And then comes across Tobey Maguire Peter Parker. 
as awkward as ever. Yeah, it really was. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hi. But yeah, then Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield had a little bit of a web shoot off. Yeah. Toby displayed dominance. Gets the best of Andrew Garfield in that showdown. Because he doesn't need web shoes, just so. <laughs> From there, MJ, Ned, and the Spider-Man track down Peter on the school roof. Another emotional scene where the older Spider-Man talk Peter back onto the righteous path of Spider-Man. This leads the, the group, the trio, the trio of Spider-Man, to begin working on the cures once again uh, before luring the villains, the Statue of Liberty, which they are making into a Captain America tribute. Yeah, I was quite surprised it was Captain America tribute. You know, I would have thought it would have been like Iron Man. I think maybe the shield's easier to put on than to redo the hand, you know, with the gauntlet. Yeah, you're, click. you're probably right. Could you imagine a Statue of Liberty with an Iron Man helmet? Could have done both. <laughs> yeah. Could have done Mjolnir in the hand. <laughs> yeah. Mjolnir instead of the book. No, a shield instead of the book. Mjolnir, Mjolnir Iron Man helmet. Fantastic. Or just the arc reactor. Missed opportunity, America. Yeah, well, way to go, way to go MCU. You really <laughs> screwed the pooch on that one. Absolutely blew it. Uh, all right, so they lure the Spider-Man, sorry, the Spider-Man lure the villains to the Statue of Liberty. And who's the first one that shows up? The lizard? The li- well, the lizard, Electro, and Sandman all rock up at the same time. That's right, yeah. So they lizard- a quick succession of each other. Yeah. So Lizard, Electro, and the Sandman pretty much all rock up at the same time and a bit of a battle ensues where it's pretty obvious that our Spideys don't know how to work together very well. Yeah, and then they need to have a quick time now and discuss how to how to go through it, trust their spider sense of Peter Tingle. A little bit of a regroup. Yeah, a bit of a regroup. They uh, assign numbers to each of them, to Andrew Garfield's dismay. Yeah, and what follows from that is probably one of the most awe-inspiring scenes from the film. The Spideys all swinging together. I cried again. Swinging off of each other. Very powerful. Very powerful moment. Yeah, they very quickly took out those three. And then, uh, just as I was, uh, they took out Lizard and Sandman. And just as I was trying to take out Electro, Doc Ock rocks up, changes the tide, makes it look like he's going to mess up Spider-Man. But then he turns on Electro because his brain's all good again. And then just as that's all coming together, Doctor Strange rocks up, gets the cube back. And before he can do anything, the Green Goblin shows up, grabs the cube, blows it up, world falling apart. Reality in tatters. No longer a rip, just complete shambles. Just utter shambles. So while Strange is on damage control, Peter 1, Tom Holland Peter, takes on the Green Goblin, while Toby Maguire is saving the villains from the collapsing Statue of Liberty. And Andrew Garfield gets another chance to save a damsel. Chance of redemption. Which broke me a little. This is the moment that got me the most in the film, is the uh, the Andrew Garfield saving MJ. When he's just, yeah, are you okay? You okay? Yeah. Are you okay? <laughs> oh. <laughs> if you didn't cry, you don't have a Find me someone who didn't cry. I won't believe it. So, final showdown between Spidey, Spidey 1, Prime Spidey, our Tom Holland MCU Spider-Man, and Green Goblin. And it's gone pretty good in Tom Holland's favor. Yeah, gets pretty aggressive. 
Right off the bat, to be honest. This is this is really uh, Spider-Man Unleashed. Yeah, very unhinged Spider-Man. I'm, I'm here for it. Definitely going for the kill. I fucking love unhinged Spider-Man. <laughs> I love unhinged Spider-Man. When Spider-Man's not holding back is one of my favourite things in all of like comic history. But yeah, beats him down. Beats him down pretty pretty seriously, really. Um, and at the last minute, when he's about to deliver the killing blow with Goblin's Glider, Toby Toby Maguire steps in and saves Green Goblin. OG Spider. OG Spidey, and that ends up uh, with a very quick, from there, curing with Doc, uh, Doc, a quick curing of the Green Goblin. After he stabs Maguire. That's true, he stabs Toby Maguire, stabs Toby Maguire after Toby Maguire saved him, and then he heals him, cures him, cures him of the Green Goblin. Yep. Doctor Strange still performing damage control. Yeah, not really controlling a lot, to be honest. Too many people trying to come through. Too I'm many sure. people know who Spider-Man is. Yeah, so Peter offers up the initial solution to just make everyone forget about him entirely. And so he gets like a couple short minutes to say his piece to everyone around. And then, yeah, Strange just wipes the whole world of knowing that Peter is Spider-Man. Everyone goes home to their designated dimensions and Peter is... Gone. Yeah. So we get closing scenes. Peter then promises that he's going to find MJ and make her remember. Promises that he'll make her remember. A uh, couple of days later, I'm assuming that's a couple of days later. I'm assuming that's not the next day. Yeah. Um, heads into MJ's cafe with full intentions of telling her that he is Spider-Man and of their shared history together. Before he realizes that MJ has a bandaid on her head from the uh, ensuing battle at the Statue of Liberty, and that changes his mind. Thinks that he's always going to be putting her in danger, so he decides not to tell her that he's Spider-Man. Give mm. her a sacrifice, man. Uh, it's classic Spidey as well. Spidey then goes home. Well, not really goes home. Finds himself a new home. A shitty run-down apartment. Probably the same size as this studio. Yeah. But, you know, this studio is attached to the rest of my house. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't um, saying anything bad. <laughs> then makes himself its shiny new suit. Very shiny. It is very shiny. Very uh, shiny new suit. And uh, swings out into the world. Uh, a whole new life all alone. Yeah. Left the movie very classic Spider-Man. Yeah. And then we've got the uh, our after credit scenes, first after credit scene. With Venom. With Venom, which I don't know how much that's going to add to the future, to be honest. I don't feel like Venom is going to be entering the MCU in this rendition anytime soon. Yeah. Although the symbiote did get left behind a little bit. Yeah, I reckon it'll come up, hopefully Eventually. not too soon. And then second end credit scene was really just a trailer. It was just a Doctor just Strange a, trailer. Do- just a trailer for Doctor Strange and Oculus of Madness. So that's the film. That's the film in a nutshell. First thoughts. Did you like it? I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't believe I I kept myself from seeing any kind of... As soon after the first teaser came out, I didn't see anything to do with the movie because I saw that Dr. Octopus was in it. And so I didn't want to ruin any surprises for myself. So I, I pretty much hid from the world for a couple of months. And then when I went to see the movie, I was just baffled because my mate told me that the Spider-Man weren't in it. And so I went in des- just disappointed. And then they rocked up and I was literally in tears. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. It was, one of, it was definitely one of the best things I've ever seen on screen. That, the second half of the film, the, the turning point for me, like Aunt May dying, the death of Aunt May. Everything after that's great. It's just, it's just at a hundred percent the entire time. 100%. And just an absolute roller coaster. You have the death of Aunt May, followed quickly by Spider Man intros. Yeah, the Spider Man intros where you're once again on a high to them 
tracking down Peter on the top of the roof at the uh, at the school and Andrew Garfield's emotional confessions of him letting loose and not pulling his punches anymore. Just just powerful stuff the whole way through. Yeah, it, even that final battle was just insane. The um the one to one fights, you get a bit of closure along the way. You've got Electro, Electro's confession to uh Andrew Garfield that he thought he might have been black. <laughs> that was great. Uh, they made a little, little tease for uh, Miles Morales. Miles, to come. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sure there's a black Spider Man out there somewhere. Yeah, that was good. Jamie Fox is always a win for me as well. What did you think of the uh, the, the Jamie Fox makeover? I loved it. I thought it was great because I really they could have they could have kept him electric. Well, I liked that he was kind of in and out. Of yeah, it, you know what I mean. Because like, when he was when he was blue in Amazing Spider Man, that was just weird. It looked really bad. And you've got. Such a charismatic, charismatic actor in Jamie Foxx yeah. to then make him this weird, dweebish, just nobody likes him, nobody even remembers who he is. It just, it, it wasn't the role for, for Jamie Foxx. Yeah, exactly. Whereas this one was uh, much more himself. Yeah. What about your, um, how did you feel? How did you feel coming out of the cinemas? Were you a wreck? I was exhausted. Uh, yeah, no, that is true. I was knackered. But I was also just so pumped for what was coming. Yeah. You know? Yeah. This um, I think this movie more so than any others in in Phase Four so far really set the stage of what's to come for the MCU. Obviously, you've got Doctor Strange: The Multiverse of Madness coming up. Uh, it seems to me that's kind of the way that the MCU is trending into this multi-universe, something a bit more extravagant than what we've had, which has always been a little bit more localized and central. Yeah, one thing I've thought though is that with the Multiverse of Madness coming out next, I really hope that they don't do anything to reverse Spider-Man's current situation. Yeah. Yeah. You know, whether they're like undo it or whatever and suddenly, you know, the people in Spider-Man's life remember him or whatever because I really want to see how he gets through that on his own as opposed to it just being fixed by, yeah, you know, Wanda or yeah, Doctor yeah. Strange. Yeah, just undone. Like the uh, uh, One More Day comic arc. Yeah. Where, exactly. you know, everybody just, well, that's essentially somewhat a ripoff of uh, the One More Day arc where Spidey reveals his identity in Civil War in the comics and then asks Mephisto to undo it all. Uh, yeah. Not a very not a very popular comic arc in the comic world. What did you think of Strange? Uh, look, I love Doctor Strange, but I just felt embarrassed for him. He just got absolutely wiped by Spider-Man. And I... It's a Spider-Man movie. It should be about Spider-Man. You've got to make Spidey look strong. You've got to make Spidey look strong, but you can't have the Sorcerer Supreme, you know, controller of the mystic arts come in. Although he's not the Sorcerer Supreme in this movie. He isn't the Sorcerer Supreme, but if we're honest with ourselves, he kicks Wong's butt. He is the Supreme Sorcerer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, He even says that Wong's only Sorcerer Supreme on a technicality because he lived for five years. And Wong's obviously too stubborn, <laughs> too stubborn to give it back, which I'm all there for. But yeah, Doctor Strange, in my opinion, is probably a top five, top three strongest MCU character. Yeah, right at the top. And for Spider-Man just to just to trap him with was it geometry in the mirror dimension? In the mirror dimension, where Doctor Strange is supposed to be in control, open, complete control, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So you know it. It was a chance for them to show off Spider-Man and how, how good he can be, but yeah. God, I just wish they didn't do Strange. <laughs> I found Strange kind of weird at the start. He was very sentimental. 
Yeah. It was almost like a different character yeah. at first. I know before it came out and you being uh, in living in a hole before the movies came out may not have seen this, but there was a lot of talk of Strange maybe being a scroll, not being a real Strange. I actually had no idea about that. <laughs> a lot of talk about Strange being, uh, well, with the, the what if, the what if stuff coming out, maybe this was Evil Strange, Evil Strange from what yeah. if. Um, or yeah, or maybe a scroll. There was somebody, somebody else because you've just been too nice. Yeah, <laughs> Not enough of a dick. That is, that is a good point. Yeah. But then um, obviously yeah, we see the, the spell goes wrong and Steve, Stephen, Stephen, as he asks Peter to call him, reverts quickly back to being a bit of a dick. Sir. Sir. Call me sir. Reverts quickly back to being a bit of a dick. It kind of stays in that way for the rest of the film until the very end, where it gets a little bit emotional again. Mm. But yeah, I did like the um, I did like the battle between Spidey and Strange. I did too. I thought that was really cool. And I really, I really liked, um, I really liked them displaying Spidey's power set as well. Yeah, I, I just liked it because um, Strange's whole thing was pretty much just using Spidey against himself. Yeah. He's, he's, Spidey's all about like moving and stuff, so he'd just chuck a portal in front of him and he'd be back back there with him. But yeah. Obviously, Peter was not as, um, yeah, Peter wasn't being as mature with it, just very much in the moment, as opposed to Strange, who's just a very calculated man. Yeah, knows what he's doing, has, has a bit of experience on him. Until it comes to casting wild <laughs> memory-erasing spells. Yeah, which, to be honest, if Peter Parker, just saying a couple of words, throws you off, probably shouldn't be casting the spell. 100%. It's probably a bit too much of a risk. But also... Yeah, he was in in the scene when he's casting it. He's like, you can't change. It's very hard to change it while I'm casting it. Shut it down. Yeah, you know, shut it down. Start just again. Talk to me. Who do you want to remember this? Who do you not want Refresh. to remember this? Yeah. Splash some water on your face. Exactly. Let's go again. You know what I mean? If they had just done that, the whole thing would have the movie would have been half hour. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> or even if Peter just went and appealed initially, just just rang them up and goes, "Look, guys, surely." Yeah. Also, I'm sorry, but what university does not want Peter Parker, Spider-Man? One of the smartest people in the world, like an actual legitimate science genius, mm -hmm. but also he's fucking Spider-Man. Yeah. Like, who the fuck doesn't want Spider-Man repping their university? That is a good point. That is a very good point. And don't like the, uh, in, in light of recent controversies, please. Yeah. And the, um, there's a moment on the rewatch when I watched this the other night a moment on the on the highway after Spider Man's defeated Doc Ock and he saves the MIT lady and she turns around to him and says, You're a hero. It's like, no fucking shit. This is the third movie. You know, this is the third Spider Man movie. He's been in a couple of Avengers films at this point. He saved half the universe. Yeah. He means he's a hero. Yeah, <clears throat> that is actually that is something that they probably should have done better. It's until London, Peter never did anything like bad and even London he wasn't bad he was just framed yeah you know so up until that point no one ever had any reason to think he was bad you could disagree with him being a vigilante but to be like oh my god you're a hero it's like what what have you what do you think I was doing where have you been living lady yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I literally thought Thanos friendly space. neighborhood Spider-Man yeah, that's the name the friendly is friendly <laughs> so death of our mate yeah that actually that I wasn't expecting I actually genuinely wasn't expecting that at all. I don't think, and I might I might be wrong here, but I don't think there's a precedent of the death of Aunt May in the comics. I've never seen an arc where Aunt May is actually dead. Doesn't she die in the Civil War arc? She gets shot. She's in hospital. 
But that's when Peter goes to Mephisto, Mephisto yeah. saves Aunt May, everybody forgets who he is, and she's, she's fine after that. Yeah, okay. The only arcs I've seen when she's not around is when Peter's obviously much older. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, like genuinely surprising. Genuinely surprising to see Aunt May get killed. Yeah, I think they just wanted to... Because obviously with the previous two Spider-Man movies, as in Maguire and Garfield... The previous two Spider-Man trilogies. Oh, franchises. Franchises, yeah. They both did the big Uncle Ben spiel. Yeah. And I think the MCU was really trying to avoid that this time, so... So get Aunt May to do his thing. Yeah, (laughs) get Marissa Tomei to do it. She's... The sexy Uncle Ben. Oh, my... (laughs) I'm just saying, if Marissa Tomei was Aunt May, I can't imagine what Ben looked like. Also, I know that she's portrayed differently in the comics, but Aunt May to be ancient and Peter to be a teenager is has always been weird to me. Yeah, she's like a grandma. Yeah. Yeah, you see, like, Toby Maguire's Aunt May, who is, like, 60, 70 years old, and then Toby Maguire, who at the time was in his 30s, but was supposed to be a teenager. Yeah. Doesn't I, make sense to me. I just like the franchises got them younger and younger as they went. As <laughs> progressively got younger. Yeah. I think, I think Aunt May... I think Art may drop two decades each movie. Because <laughs> God knows how old... It's that meme of, like, upgrade. Upgrade. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. That just reminded me of the um, X-Men First Class one with Magneto. Yeah, yeah. Show me the real Raven. The real Raven. No, I said the real Raven. Perfect. <laughs> uh, I've got to say, uh, the three spiders just being together on the same screen was... Br- I felt like I was just watching that meme where... They were all just pointing at each other. But it was so good. And they, they just bounced so well for each other, you know. Because yeah. they shared their experiences and, you know, about how things have affected them and really helped. Like, yeah, Spider Prime, Tom Holland. Spider yeah. One. Spidey One. Yeah. yeah. Avengers Spider. Get through it. And then when they were all in the lab working together. I love that. That was probably one of my favorite parts. The banter parts between them all. Yeah, just yeah. the banter. Ned. Ned, uh, yeah. So do you have a do you have a best friend? I did. He died in my arms. <laughs> just, uh, One of the best moments, and then Ned turns around to uh, Peter Parker, our Peter Parker, and says, "I promise I'll never betray you." <laughs> promise I won't turn into a supervillain and betray you. Which for uh, for those of you listening at home who don't know, Ned Leeds in the comic books had a stint as the Hobgoblin. Yeah, not a very nice stint. No, no. Maybe a uh, bit of foreshadowing for what's to come. Hopefully not. I actually love Ned. I think, I don't know what your opinion on this is, but to me, Ned is the number one sidekick in all of the MCU. Yeah. Yeah, I'll give it that. We're putting it up against like Falcon and Bucky, but I think Ned is the number like ride or die. The guy, oh, the guy in the chair. The guy in the chair. Ned is the number one sidekick in the MCU. Yeah. Nah, he's, he's definitely the most entertaining Due to the fact that he is in no way super. No, not at all. The rest of the sidekicks are all, in their own right, somewhat of a superhero. Ned is literally just some geeky kid from high school that just grew up with Peter. From high school, but with the face of a (laughs) 40-year-old. There was moments in the film where I was looking at him, this man looks so old right now. And obviously we've had, like, this has probably been the most age-accurate Peter Parker, and it hasn't really bothered me until this film, but Ned looks so old at times. Yeah, no, he does. But also, isn't the actor quite young? I'm, well, I'm not actually sure. Like, I'm pretty sure he's, like, in his mid-twenties. Wouldn't surprise me. 
I mean, I'm, I'm assuming he's probably around the same age as, as Zendaya Tom and Tom Holland. Yeah. I think they're like 24, 25. Yeah. I'll Google it. Give me a second and let me Google it. A few moments later. So here we go. Jacob Battalion, the actor for Ned Leeds, 25 years old, but just looks like an old man. And even the photos that I'm looking at right now, like he, I love him. I really do. Like he's a fantastic actor. Great in the role of Ned Leeds, the uh, the fun best friend, but just old man face. Serious case of old man face. So we're going to do a little segment every time that we uh, review a movie. We're going to give our MVPs for the film. This is our most valuable player. So who we thought brought the most to the film. Have you had a chance to have a think about it? Oh, I don't think I have to have much of a think about it. No. My MVP off the bat is straight away Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man. Yes. He made this movie for me. Until he was on the screen, I wasn't like I wasn't that hooked. But as soon as he rocked up and as soon as he had his little encounter with Zendaya and uh Just Jacob, delightful. It was just fantastic. <laughs> um and then he was just he was so down on himself the whole movie. I just thought that was really funny. Uh Toby McGuire had to be like, hey, you're amazing. Yes. Can we just can we just talk about that first? You're amazing. I know. I need to hear. That. Yeah. I need to hear. That. Thank you. I can take it in. I can take it in. I just thought he was fantastic. Yeah. It, honestly, yeah. Throughout the entire film, Andrew Garfield was an absolute shiner. Um, I think this is the redemption of, of Andrew Garfield. God, I hope so. I would love. I think we talked about this briefly off air about when. When Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man is telling Tom Holland about how he got bitter and resentful and he started stopped pulling his punches. Amazing Spider-Man 3, bitter spider. Yeah. Make it happen, please. I want to see that. I want to see dark, brooding Andrew Garfield Spider-Man just absolutely wrecking villains. I would love to see that. Like Superior Spider-Man, but like not a dick. Yeah. Superior Spider-Man, but still a nice dude. Yeah. <laughs> not a villain. <laughs> So, my MVP was actually going to be Andrew Garfield, but I'm going to change it up on the fly because I don't want to have two of the same MVPs. Okay. My MVP is going to be Norman Osborn slash the Green Goblin. All right, cool. I like that. And I just think from the moment he came onto the screen, Will Defoe was just at 100% the entire time. His face is some of the most iconic shit I have ever seen. The moment when they're fighting in the hallway, and the first fight, and Spidey's just wailing on his face, and he's just got the biggest lunatic smile on his face, and he's just cackling away. It's I can't take anything away from his performance. He has come back at 100. Yeah, well, when they asked him to do the movie, he said that he wouldn't do it if he couldn't do the stunts. Because he was like, <laughs> that's the best part of this. I want to I be in it. This is Willem Dafoe, the old man. <laughs> <laughs> as old as Ned's face looks. I'm going to give Ned. Yeah, no, I can't even defend it. <laughs> and just the final battle, again... And one thing that I really liked about the final battle, there's a saying in um, there's a saying in comics where you know you're in trouble when Spider-Man stops making jokes. Yeah. And I think that in that final battle, they portrayed that really, really well. Of Spider-Man wasn't smiling, wasn't making jokes, but also Green Goblin wasn't laughing. He was getting the shit kicked out of him by Tom Holland, and he knew that this shit was serious at that point because there was no laughing, there was no cackling, there was no. Ah, I'm gonna get you, Spider-Man. It was all just. <laughs> He was like, holy shit, I'm getting the shit kicked out of me right now. you got to remember, though, Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man never went up against the stuff that Tom Holland's Spider-Man went up against. 
you know what I mean? Like, the deadliest thing Toby Maguire ever went up against, I would argue, was Venom. Yeah. Yeah. Which he ended up beating pretty easily. Well, interesting question. Who's your favourite Spider-Man? Just off of their movies, I'd probably go with Tom Holland, but um, I, I think now it's Andrew Garfield. Yeah. <laughs> just on the back of this one. <laughs> just on the back of this one. <laughs> he, he's given me so much hope for the future of of the Amazing Spider-Man. And, like, to me, they're, they're idiots if they don't make that oh, movie. You know what have I have mean? to bring back Andrew Garfield. I'm, the only thing with that is that I'm scared because it's still a property of Sony. And at the time of us recording this, Morbius has just come out, and, and it's the reviews the are really, so far. <laughs> <laughs> really scared for the future of uh, the Sony Spider-Man. I'm praying for the day that Sony just go, you know what, we can't do this. Have it, Disney. Hand, hand it back, and Marvel can just run with it themselves. That'd be too easy, though, wouldn't it? Uh, the, yeah. world, the world would make too much sense. That, that would point. make me too happy, and therefore the world <laughs> won't do it. <laughs> All right, so where does this leave us going forward? Oh, shit. I think the thing is, I just don't know, because, like, the multiverse is now, like, erupted, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, and because as far as Spider-Man goes, what happens to him, I'm not sure if the next Spider-Man is going to be before or after Strange. You know, because Strange, I feel, has to be very, very soon after. Yeah because he's fixing what's just happened. The problems that he's caused. Exactly. So if it's during Strange or before Strange, I think it'll be very straightforward Spider-Man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because there's not really there's not really much going on now. It, everyone's kind of fucked off, I guess. Um, but yeah, when, when Strange gets in that multiverse, I reckon, yeah. I reckon it's just all going to hit the fan. Yeah, and it's going to be... Madness. Yeah, well, there you go. It's so, man. What a coincidence. <laughs> really spoon feeds you. What clever writing. <laughs> Thank God I didn't have to think about that one. <laughs> what do you think of this being kind of a soft reboot for Spidey in the universe? I'm stoked for it. I, I, this is where I think that it's going to be going because this is now Spider-Man with nothing around him anymore. It, this it's, is, it's, a, it's a classic Spider-Man. This is the first time that we've seen Spider-Man without any ties. There's no, I mean, even like, even less than what we usually have, there's no Aunt May. No Aunt May, no there's Aunt no MJ, there's no Ned, there's nothing around him. So they have like creative license to go wherever they want to go. And I think this is one thing that I kind of thought with the, um, with the death of Aunt May, that this is a decision that Marvel have made to, I guess, take a step away from the comics. Because yeah. again, no precedent of Aunt May really um, that I can that I can recall of Aunt May dying in in the comics. That I feel like that was almost a message to the fans, the comic fans, to say that we're going to do our own thing here. Like this is going to be us exploring our, our own characters, um, and we're not necessarily going to be beholden to storylines. Yeah, yeah. No, I do. I am actually very excited to see where. Tom Holland's Spider-Man goes because, you know, when they introed him in Civil War, he immediately got a suit off Iron Man. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Iron Man was there helping him, and then when Iron Man was gone, the Avengers were there. Yeah, he's always had somebody around him, and now he is completely Yeah, alive. exactly. He's always had, like, a supervision. Yeah. Him, so he never... Even even when he was doing his own stuff in Homecoming... Yeah. Um, before he got his suit... You know, it was kind of just very friendly neighborhood. There was nothing in ground level. Yeah, exactly. It's very street level. Yeah. But now, 
you know, he's he's faced big things, but now he's on his own. He's not really going to know how to face it without help because he's always had it, whether he's asked for it or not. Yeah, a more mature, more grown-up Spider-Man, but a, a Spider-Man that is completely alone and doing his own thing. Officially Spider-Man. Yeah. Fresh out of high school. Yeah. <laughs> officially a man. <laughs> By the letter of the law, officially no, a man. <laughs> no longer is he Spider-Boy. He is Spider-Man. <laughs> He'll be a legal drinking age in two years. <laughs> Yeah, and that's when things get real for Spider-Man. Yeah. Spider-Man drunk. Swinging dragon. <laughs> There's got to be laws. Don't drink this way. Yeah, don't drink this way. <laughs> God, I hope so. Because <laughs> that is so direct. Spider-Man, pull over. Into a breath So, uh, a larger scale look at things. What do you think What do you is going to happen with the MCU following this film? Obviously, we go straight into Doctor Strange. That's our next one. That's the thing with Doctor Strange being the next movie. <laughs> Pretty much anything can happen, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. just off of the trailer of Doctor Strange, I don't want to say too much, but they've showed a lot of characters I wasn't expecting. A lot of multiversal shenanigans. Yeah, a lot of multiversal shenanigans. So, you know, you would, potentially we could get more Spider-Man, like Miles Morales or yes. Spider-Man 2099. I would love to see him yeah. on the screen. Like, um, Into the Spider-Verse has teased that for their second movie. Always by Oscar Isaac. Yes! My guy! Let's see. <laughs> Oscar Isaac doing it all for the MCU. <laughs> he is really trying to push past Apocalypse. Really, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Poe. Miguel O'Hara. Oh, man. The unutilization of Oscar Isaac. He had the worst line in Star Wars after I Don't Like Sand. <laughs> And now he's Miguel O'Hara, Spider-Man 2099. God, that's going to be good. So to close this out, I am going to give my personal top seven list of alternate Spider-Man. And I'd like to get some feedback from Robbie here to uh, let me know what he thinks of my, my list. So my, my, my first one, number seven on the list, is actually a bit of a... Um, it's a joint. I, I went with a six and a seven here because I couldn't separate the two. I feel like they both do a very similar job in the comics universe, and that is Man-Spider and Spider's-Man. So Man-Spider is what happens when a spider gets bitten by a radioactive man, <laughs> which is just one of the most ridiculous concepts in all of comics. Um, and if you haven't seen him before, I do recommend Googling it if you're not afraid of spiders because it is pretty fucking terrifying. And Spider's-Man who is Peter Parker, who fell into a colony of radioactive spiders who actually ended up devouring him and then essentially taking on his consciousness and becoming a million spiders in the shape of a man and fighting crime that way. That is terrifying. Yeah, just the worst thing to ever fucking think about. <laughs> just a million spiders with the brains of a man. That's just another day in Australia. Yeah. <laughs> man, try living in the bush. <laughs> spiders everywhere and I hate spiders I hate sp Spider-Man is my favourite ca character my favourite comic book character of all time fucking hate spiders so much Cora <laughs> my wife Batman. my lovely wife Cora is the one that has to get rid of the spiders in the house oh god <laughs> she's not even Australian yeah well, Cora yeah German the German the German woman in the house has to get rid of the spiders in there because I can't stand it there's just something about the way they move it just freaks me the fuck out. You're like Bruce Wayne as a kid being scared of bats. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's it. Eventually I will grow up to be Spider-Man. That's the plan. 
That's what I'm. That's the the framework that I'm working on here. Oh, well, I mean, we meet Aquaman. I'm scared of sharks. That's, that's lame as hell. But I'll happily look like Jason Momoa any day. Yeah, that's that's a fair trade off. Fair trade off. So number five after my uh, seven and six. So number five is Peter B. Parker from Into the Spider Verse. Yeah. Um, just a very emotional performance. This is Spider Man that's kind of almost given up. Are you in Spider-Man? He has almost. He's straight up gave up. <laughs> Until he met Miles, he was so dumb. Just the sloppiest portrayal of Spider-Man going. Voiced really, really well. Um, Nick from New Girl. I can't yeah, remember, I can't I can't remember, remember his name right now. Either. But Nick from New Girl. Just a fantastic, fantastic voice. Um, but just funny, uh, emotional, but yeah, just sloppy Spider-Man. Just giving up. Giving up hope. You know, life's kind of gotten away from him. Yeah. But, you know, he's now trying to work to be better. He's trying to be better, as Tobey Maguire would put it. Number four, Spider-Man 2099. It's just so cool. Spider-Man set in the future. This is uh, Miguel O'Hara, I think. O'Hara? O'Hara? Um, he's a scientist. He's not related to Peter Parker in any way, but, yeah, gets, uh, gets some superhuman strength and speed and takes on the mantle of Spider-Man and just has probably, I think, Probably the coldest, the coldest outfit of all the Spider-Man looks dope as fuck. Yeah, he's definitely up there with Miles Morales rocking the Jordans. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I just, something about the black and red, the colorway, the black and red, fantastic. So Spider-Man 2099, my number four. Number three, had to put her in there, Spider-Gwen. One of the more recent, uh, recent additions to the Spider-Man list, but also appeared in Into the Spider-Verse, voiced by Hayley Steinfeld. Who is also in Hawkeye. Yeah, which, and... By the way, I love that show. Love Hawkeye. Love Hayley Steinfeld, actually. I, um... A little bit of a tidbit for the listeners at home. I actually walked down the aisle to one of Hayley Steinfeld's songs when I got married. <laughs> so, big fan. A little bit biased, but Spider-Gwen is my number three on the list. Number two. Superior Spider-Man. Excellent choice. So, for those of you who don't know, who haven't read the comics, Superior Spider-Man is Spider-Man whose body has been taken over by the consciousness of Dr. Octopus, Dr. Otto Octavius. He's uh, swapped minds and Peter, who then inhabits Dr. Octopus's frail, old and dying body, passes away and Dr. Octopus lives on in Peter Parker's body. And it is basically what you would get from Spider-Man if he had no morals. It was just an angry man. And it's fantastic. It's so good. Just brutal. <laughs> and it's, this is the moment where you get to see how much Spider-Man's been holding back. And there is a scene in these comics, um, I won't spoil too much if you want to go out and read it, but there is a scene in these comics where Dr. Octopus comes to this realisation of how much Spider-Man's been holding back when he punches the jaw clean off the Scorpion, another Spider-Man villain, just clean off. Um... And it comes as a shock to Dr. Octopus, who's currently living in Spider-Man's body. Superior Spider-Man's easily top three for me, so I'm very happy with that choice. And number one, it couldn't be anyone else, but the number one alternate Spider-Man is Miles Morales. Miles Morales, the, uh... I think the Spider-Man of this generation, I would say. The younger generation. Yeah, I would say so. Um, probably not so much for you and I, but in this in this day and age, the kids growing up, their Spider-Man is Miles Morales. Yeah, um, well, he's, had, he's had his movie, Into the Spider-Verse. One of the best Spider-Man movies. Hands down one of the best Spider-Man movies. Probably one of the best 
in all honesty, one of the best superhero movies I've ever Incredible watched. Incredible film. Um, and then he's just had his game come out. What was that last year? The yeah. year before. Oh, well, it came out with the PS5 release. How long ago that was? Yeah, I never got a PS5, so. Yeah, I didn't have a thousand dollars. But yeah, Miles, Miles Morales, the star of um, the main character of Into the Spider Verse, is got a different, unique power set from what Peter Parker has. But yeah, so the, the Spider Man of this generation. And I don't know if you've read the Secret Wars yeah. comic book arc. I do feel like that entire comic book arc was created just to pour Miles Morales into the original Marvel 616 universe. I think so. He was just so popular they couldn't let him rot away in the Marvel Ultimates, so they destroyed the entire Marvel Ultimates <laughs> universe, recreated the Marvel 616, and put Miles Morales in. It's just so good. Special mention to uh, none other than Spider-Pig, Peter Porker. Yeah, oh, yeah. Spider-Pig. <laughs> Spider-Ham, I think it is. Spider-Ham, yeah. Spider-Ham... And uh, Spider-Noir, voiced by Nicolas Cage. Oh, my God. Good showing. Sometimes <laughs> I just let the matches burn down to my fingertips so I can feel something. <laughs> Iconic line. <laughs> I felt like Nick Cage recorded that just for himself and then the movie got a yeah. hold of it. <laughs> yeah, Nick, Nicolas Cage didn't actually agree to be in the movie. They just found his phone. <laughs> All right, but that is, my, uh, that is my top seven list of alternate Spider-Man. Um, I'd like to hear if you guys disagree, if there's anybody who you think that I missed out. Um, again, my personal list, my personal preferences, some of them were just chosen just purely off a stage, but I just feel like you can't go past a million spiders trying to be a man. Um, but yeah, let us know what you think. Hit us up on, on socials, because we'll have socials at that point when this is all released. Yeah, the only pop culture podcast on the internet. That's it. The only, the only pop culture podcast on the internet.com. <laughs> <laughs> At Gmail. Forward slash... Podcasts. So, looking ahead, Secrets of Dumbledore comes out this weekend. Secrets of Dumbledore is what's coming out. Which we're going to be going to see this weekend and recording our uh, first initial reactions to on next... Or, or we'll be recording our first initial reactions next week. Yeah, I'm, I can happily say that out of the three Fantastic Beasts, this is the one I'm most excited for. Well, the last one did leave me with a bad taste in my mouth, so I am excited to see what direction they take it. Um, there has been some recent controversy with Ezra Miller. I don't know if you've heard this, but he was yeah, recently arrested in Hawaii. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Cannot keep his life together. But that's okay. I'm sure he's still a phenomenal actor, so I'm sure he'll put on a great performance. But If they give him any. <laughs> look, I'm not holding my breath. To be honest, the last, the last Harry Potter uh, Fantastic Beasts movie did disappoint me. So I will reserve judgment. I'm going to go in there with a clear mind. Um, not expecting too much. I'm hoping to be pleasantly surprised. Yeah, well, you can only hope. So we'll have to just wait and see. That's it. Thanks so much for joining us today. Um, this is our first episode, so it is probably going to be a little bit rough. But please share. Uh, follow us on socials. Give us some support. We do this because we love it. Um, we love talking about Marvel. We love talking about Disney stuff. We love talking about Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings and all that stuff. So we're going to be doing a lot more of this. So please do. If there is anything that you want to hear from us, if there's anything that you want to get our opinion on, reach out to us on socials, leave a review. Please only five stars. My fragile ego can't take it. Um, if you do think there's anything that we can improve on, still leave a five-star review. But in that review, just write down what you can, what we think we approve on because those five stars are really going to help us out. 
Um, but we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to have a bit of a community where everybody shares their opinions and we can have a bit of a dialogue about the stuff that we're talking about. Anything else? Catch you next week. Go. Cool. All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Mum. Thanks, Mum. Bye. Bye. <laughs>